The following is a recording of the Thomas Paine Unitarian Universalist Fellowship. We are located in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. We are also located on the web at www.tpuuf.org. Please come visit us. today is all about breaking the fourth wall and if you saw yeah there's the picture from Spaceballs where they break the fourth wall when is this this is now this is happening now that's the great great scene there not appropriate for here the language but the the term breaking the fourth wall is a term used in plays in movies TVs uh, there's another picture I think for the opening words where you step outside of the being the presenter and where you acknowledge the audience. So here's the, the great picture. The fourth wall is the wall you don't see, where the camera, the audience is looking in, and the breaking of the fourth wall is coming out of that. It's when the person in the movie like makes eye contact and is like, hey, isn't that, you know, isn't that amazing what these other characters are doing? It's where you're, you're given an insight into that. And so I'm going to do that a little bit. You'll see me explaining parts of the service more than I usually do. You'll see me getting a little bit more meta than I usually do, and I too do like to get meta, so this won't be a big surprise. Um, and I'll be stepping out of my role as presenter and more into my role as a guide uh, a little bit this Sunday. And right now is where I generally greet everyone. So there you go. Welcome and welcome. Welcome to this service, this service of worship, this service of exploration, the service of coming together. I'm Reverend Andrew Weber, and I have the honor of being your minister. And I, I claim that title with humility and with, with respect and reverence, that whether you are a long-time member and have been coming here for years, whether this is the first time you've signed on or stepped through, I am your minister for this time, but not not a minister to give you answers. So if you're looking for like, well, tell, just tell me what to believe and what to do, you can, you can maybe go down the street or next door. <laughs> what I am your minister is to guide you, to question you, and to walk with you along life's journey. And now we are going to call ourselves into worship with a responsive call to worship if you grabbed a hymnal, it's 437. I mean, if you didn't grab a hymnal, it's still 437, but the words are going to be up here on the screen. And if you need to get closer to the screen, there's no one in this front row. <laughs> so you can always come forward. That's okay. Uh, I'll start with the first voice, and if you want to respond, please, with the, with the second voice. Let us worship with our eyes and ears and fingertips. We feed our eyes upon the mystery and revelation in the faces of our brothers and sisters and siblings. We seek to know the wistfulness of the very young and the very old, the wistfulness of people in all times of life. 
We seek to understand the shyness behind arrogance, the fear behind pride, the tenderness behind clumsy strength, and the anguish behind cruelty. All life flows into a great common life if we will only open our eyes to our companions. Let us worship, not in bowing down, not with closed eyes and stopped ears. Let us worship with the opening of all the windows of our beings, with the full outstretching of our spirits. Life comes with singing and laughter, with tears and confiding, with a rising wave too great to be held in the mind and heart and body to those who have fallen in love with life. Let us worship and let us learn to love. Come, let us worship together. Every Sunday, we light the symbol of our free faith, the flaming chalice. I've asked the McNeils to come help. You don't have to rush. We've got time. It's okay. Uh, the flaming chalice was first used as a symbol of freedom and hope for people persecuted in Nazi Germany. And currently, it can represent many things, just as our faith is not one specific thing. This symbol, this flaming chalice, is not one specific meaning. It can be the warmth of community the flame of hope, the light of reason, whatever you hold in your inmost heart as the central tenet of Unitarian Universalism, as the central tenet of your faith. So acknowledging the plurality of both the symbol and of our faith, we light our chalice. And today we kindle uh, a few more flames the reason for doing this is both to acknowledge uh, our faith's Judeo-Christian heritage and also to uphold and recognize the spectrum of belief held in this, our community. Each Sunday in December, we light one more candle on the Advent wreath. Last Sunday it was one candle, and this Sunday is the second Sunday of December, it is two candles. The first purple candle is for hope this season. And the second purple candle, a wish for peace. Today also marks the third day of Hanukkah. And although the menorah is lit at night, today we kindle these holy flames in the morning. Hanukkah is a celebration and rededication of the temple in Jerusalem. A holiday celebrating liberation from oppression and support of freedom of faith. It is with that mindfulness that we light first the shamas, the helper candle in the middle. Yep. And then with that candle, we light from the right, Corinne. We light the three candles. Perfect. Absolutely. The first three candles of the menorah. We can look the other way. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Light that one back up and then stick it back in there. Yeah. 
As the candles are lit, or after they are lit, I will recite a prayer in Hebrew, and you're welcome to join with me if, if you know and feel comfortable with this. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kedshanu Bamitzvotav Vishtishvanu Lahadlik Ner Shel Hanukkah Amen. At our congregation, we kindle one more flame each Sunday. This one, very personal and very global flame, a symbol of our wish for peace, not only in the world, but in our hearts. This is the flame which reminds us to be peaceful to ourselves in our actions to others while we work toward peace in the greater world. May peace be with you and with all the people of the world. Thank you so much, McNeil family. You did fantastic lighting all those candles. No one got, no one got burned. We're going to continue with some more singing. Um, some of you were singing at the, at the uh, prelude. And this is gathered here. And if you have your hymnal, and if you don't, it's number 349. The lyrics will be on the screen. And if you want a hymnal, feel free to jump up and get one during the service. There is a piece of paper that eventually you'll have to get up and get. So you can, you can pretend that you're getting a hymnal and grab one of those too. So We gather together. Please rise in body or in spirit and go to the side so others can see. This, this hymn always makes me laugh. And it... Don't take someone else's chair. There's a whole empty row up here. Come, join me. <laughs> this, this, see, that, that, like, that's sort of breaking the fourth wall, being okay. Like, no, this isn't just a presentation. We're in this together. We are in this together. This hymn, this hymn always makes me laugh. 
Um, and it makes me laugh because that first line, it, it's, it just feels like a joke to me because I think about why we gather, and I always want to sing, we gather together, together, together. <laughs> because sometimes we're not really sure. It's like, well, we just, we've always done this, so let's just gather. And we already changed the lyrics from the much more Christian one, so why not, why not a little more? Because it's funny, because sometimes Unitarian Universalists, right, we get together on Sunday mornings. Well, why do we get together on Sunday mornings? For coffee, because everyone else does? Yeah, right? For community. Well, there's a potluck. We have our holiday potluck today. That's why I'm here. Or I want to talk with my friends. Why is he telling me to be quiet during the prelude? This is why I come. It's to chat, right? So we gather together to gather together. It's not entirely false. But I think, and I, and I guess I hope, I hope here, that we come together for other purposes too. That's, I mean, that's my hope as a minister. I, I'm, I'm hoping that. We do. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. We do. And one is that, one is we try um, to live our words, to be witnessed through our action, right? And the other reason that I'm breaking down this fourth wall, and the more I did this service, the more I was composing, I was thinking about the theology behind it. And when I say that I'm a minister of ministers, or I say I'm a, a guide on the path, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader, more, I'm a more guide, more walking with you than telling you which way to go. Because I believe that my insights into matters of spirituality are no more valid than any of your insights and any of your ideas. I don't have, like, the most knowledge. I don't have, this story about the the blind people and the elephant here, like, I, I don't see a, diff, a broader picture than you. Different picture, sure. And each of those are truths. All of us have insight into the truth. That's the theology, and that's why I'm a minister of ministers. My views are only my views. And Unitarian Universalists strive to broaden our views and really acknowledge the value, the worthiness of every single person's faith, every single person's belief system. So part of our gathering is sharing of our insights. And we're going to do some of that, um, we're going to do some of that work together today. But to prepare, to, to prepare to talk about your beliefs, to think about your beliefs. I want to do a little bit more introduction about like why we gather. Why do we come together? What are we worshiping? What is worship? What are we giving worth to as Unitarian Universalists? Um, and here's a great introductory video that I came across recently about we are Unitarian Universalists. And you, and you can see it's, it's put out as, as propaganda, as, as like, come check out our congregation. So like, take it with a grain of salt, but it's also really interesting and useful for what it says for those of us who have been here for a long time, for those of us who are like, what is this? You know, what is, is this a religion? What is, I don't understand. So like, I, saw, I saw some heads and some heads. Is it religion? That's a good question. Check out this introductory video. We are Unitarian Universalists. We are people of many paths who are brave, curious, and compassionate thinkers and doers. Every day, people are inundated with information, 
overwhelmed by demands and pulled by a culture that seeks to divide us from the web of life. Unitarian Universalism reconnects, bringing people together with meaning and inspiration. We are a house without walls, a congregation without spiritual limits, and a movement that calls you to put more faith in yourself, your community, and your beliefs. We are a faith that honors your mind, your heart, your journey. Simply put, we are a guided path towards a better you and a better world. Grounded in hundreds of years of thoughtful religious communities, we are people of many generations, ethnicities, genders and sexualities, and spiritual backgrounds. People engaged in making the world a better place. People focusing on what really matters, love, justice, integrity, and hope. Unitarian Universalists have different beliefs, but shared values. We are Unitarian Universalists, and at the same time, we may also be agnostic, Buddhist, Christian, Hindu, humanist, Jewish, Muslim, pagan, atheist, believers in God, and those who let the great mystery be. The diversity of beliefs you'll find in a Unitarian Universalist community is one of our strengths. We're always learning how to see the world from a different perspective. What unites us are our core principles that uphold seven real world values, believing in the worthiness of every person, showing compassion and fairness, accepting others for who they are, growing through a personal search for truth, leading with democratic spirit, working for justice, and understanding that everything is interconnected. Seven days a week, Unitarian Universalists live these principles by doing. When we gather, we worship, reflect, and remind ourselves what matters most in life. Whatever our age, we learn to live with more wisdom, more awareness, more gratitude, and more soul. We show our values by showing up to answer the call for social justice. We have a track record of siding with love for civil rights, LGBTQ equality, immigration reform, environmental sustainability, reproductive justice, racial justice, and more. Find what it means to live your deepest values out loud. Join us on this extraordinary adventure of faith. So now we know why we come together, right? And it's, it's nebulous still. It's supporting each person. It's challenging us to be our best selves. We're a faith that honors your mind, your heart, your journey and the diversity of be beliefs you'll find in the Unitarian Universalist community is one of our strengths. You're always learning how to see the world from a different perspective. And this is where we come back to your, your message, your story, your truth. Good evening, and welcome to the Ware Lecture. That is not what I was expecting. <laughs> So, <laughs> some of the videos keep on going. <laughs> I think that was um, 
the Ware Lecture is a lecture that happens at General Assembly each year, and that was probably the next in the playlist of the UUA. So what is the message that you are called to share? I'm asking all of you, everyone here in person online, what is your message? This is actually uh, usually the second question, if people are interested enough to ask a second question. This is the second question I get when I tell people about my vocation. The first is, question one is, what is Unitarian Universalism? And sometimes that's enough. They're like, okay. Question two, though, is usually, what do you preach on? That's the next one, and that's a really, really good question. And that's a biggie. We have in our hymnals, I keep coming back to these because I think they're great resources. If you go to hymn number one and turn back one page, uh, they have the, listed the sources, which I think in some of the hymnals are five and some of them are six. The living tradition we share draws from many sources and has a list of them, which I think is a... It falls short in so many ways to say, oh, there's this list of sources. I had a paper in, in seminary I had to do, and they said, the, the question was, how do you know something is divinely inspired? And I, I love that. I went to a Christian seminary, so they love having me there. And I was like, it could be anything. It could be anything, literally anything. You tell me a topic. You tell me something that happens, a story you read, an experience you have, a book, anything can be divinely inspired, can lead us to a greater understanding of the world, of ourselves. So what do I preach on? Like, what are sermons? What do sermons come from? It's like, pick it. Pick the topic. Barbie? Absolutely. <laughs> Music? Absolutely. Doctor Who? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as there is meaning in line with Unitarian Universalist values, as long as there is a message which holds open a door to transformation, yeah. Now I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of your own work. This, you don't need this now, but eventually you will. It's on the back table. You may move around. You may go grab this. It's a piece of paper, and don't worry, we got one for you online. The first page says, experience what happened. This is where we're going to do our own work. How many of you have had a religious or spiritual experience? Defining that however you want. How many of you have had an experience where you're like, yeah, that was spiritual, that was religious? Okay. Singing in a choir. Feeling all the voices meshing perfectly. Taking a walk by yourself. Sitting with a beloved Remembering a loved one, swimming in the ocean. Hey, you know what? Some of us may actually have a spiritual or religious experience on Sunday morning. <laughs> and, and I say that jokingly because it's really hard to plan these things. It's not like, well, I'm going to have a spiritual experience at 1030 on Sunday. It's like, well, we open up the doors for transformation. It is not a guarantee that you will be moved to a new person when you hear the story today. Sometimes it happens when we're least expecting. I go out for a run. I'm like, oh my goodness, I just had an epiphany. That can happen. They come unplanned. And so that moment that you may be thinking of, 
and you have some time. That's why I gave you, like, what's your spiritual religious experience? And even if you're like, I've never had one, just, just that's okay. Rather than reacting against it, just let it sit. Just let it sit and think of something that may come up, something that may be there. Sit with it. Because therein lies the spark of your message, of your sermon that you could give to the world, that you could give to this community or to yourself. There's your message. Yeah. And if you find yourself thinking, Andrew has no idea what he's talking about. I don't have anything to share. Don't worry. We have a story for you that'll maybe help you, maybe push that. He's in this meta conversation, in the sort of stepping back and opening up my fourth wall. You may see how the service is meant to bring everyone on a path together. I have an idea when I'm composing a service is that we're walking a route together, which I've planned carefully to take us from one space to another. And we're all different people, so of course you're not going to be in step with me. But this is, this is the, the journey we're taking this morning. And I try to do it using different media. For me, using the pictures on the screens, music, stories, not just to keep your attention. I mean, that's one thing. I guess if I see people nodding off, they're like, hey, look at this. Hold on. Hi. No, not just to keep your attention, but because we all feel and learn in different ways. So a musical piece which moves you to tears may move the person next to you to tears of boredom. And the same with the story, with listening to someone talk, and you're like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of that that way. Or you're like, oh, what is happening? That's why we have all these different aspects to meet people where they are and to acknowledge that we all hear and listen and feel in different, different ways. And part of our varied realities, part of our varied realities, and this is the hard part sometimes, is be open to what moves you and be open to that which does not move you. Which we might not first appreciate. And so now let us move on to the promised story. I've asked Megan Enright to come forward and read uh, our story. And there's still lots of space, so if you want to come forward, come on forward. You can sit on the, on the ground in the chairs, and it will be up on the screen also. The dot. Art class was over, but Vashti sat glued to her chair. Her paper was empty. Vashti's teacher leaned over the blank paper. Ah, a polar bear in a snowstorm, she said. Very funny, said Vashti. I just can't draw. Her teacher smiled. Just make a mark and see where it takes you. Vashti grabbed a marker and gave the paper a good, strong jab. There. 
Her teacher picked up the paper and studied it carefully. Hmm. She pushed the paper toward Vashti and quietly said, now sign it. Vashti thought for a moment, well, maybe I can't draw, but I can sign my name. The next week, when Vashti walked into art class, she was surprised to see what was hanging above her teacher's desk. It was the little dot. She had drawn her dot, all framed in swirly gold. Humph, I can make a better dot than that. She opened her never-before-used set of watercolors and set to work. Vashti painted and painted, a red dot, a purple dot, a yellow dot, a blue dot. The blue mixed with the yellow. She discovered that she could make a green dot. Vashti kept experimenting, lots of little dots in many colors. If I can make little dots, I can make big dots too. Vashti splashed her colors with a bigger brush on bigger paper to make bigger dots. Vashti even made a dot by not painting a dot. At the school art show a few weeks later, Vashti's many dots made quite a splash. Vashti noticed a little boy gazing up at her. You're a really great artist. I wish I could draw, he said. I bet you can, said Vashti. Me? No, not me. I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. Vashti smiled. She handed the boy a blank sheet of paper. Show me. The boy's pencil shook as he drew his line. Vashti, shared, Vashti stared at the boy's squiggle, and then she said, please sign it. The end. I could keep talking about how you indeed can create art and beauty and how you have something valuable and amazing to share. I could keep on going on about that, but the story of Vashti is much more poignant. And that's why good speeches and good sermons have stories and examples. Because just talking about everyone being able to make art could get boring. But we remember Vashti's journey from not thinking she could draw to supporting a classmate and finding his own inner artist. So wherever you are on your path, we will get to that last page together. You can be an artist. You can start with a dot. You can preach. You can preach. Yes, you. You can preach a heartfelt, a moving, transformative sermon. Yeah. Start with your experience. Think about what you experienced. 
what you felt, what values you thought about. Hymns and music are a way to reinforce the messages, the message of the day and the message that we have in sermons, and also a way to give our minds a break, for singing helps us get more in touch with our hearts. So let your mind free a little bit. Follow the tune and let it guide where you will. In the hymnal 396 or on the screen, I know this rose will open. And I'm not sure how many times they repeat it, so we'll just go with it. It's, we're intergenerational today. We are. So children, you may stay or you may go. Oh, sorry. What do you want to do, children and... I will not be offended. I can even close my eyes. Why doesn't everyone stand to rise in body and spirit? And if you're going, go. If you're staying, stay. And we will sing.
I love that we can embody flexibility and not knowing what's going on in life in service because that's how life happens. It comes to us with all sorts of things that we plan for and then don't go the way we planned. And how we approach that, that's our faith, that's our religion, that's our life. So this is the crux of the service. If you're waiting for it, if you're like, what, this is it. This is the crux right here. The part where you all will get to start fashioning your own message. And don't worry, nothing's going to be handed in. Nothing will be forced of you. It's an invitation to enter both a mindful and a creative process. So if the end service is you coming up here and creating a worship service, that's fantastic. And if the end product is you having some time to contemplate what is meaningful, what is true, and what moves you, that's also fantastic. So after, after I'm talking, I'll tell you when to go. You can all go back and get a sheet of paper and a writing implement from the table directly in the back. Um, and those of you at home, I actually made a slide for you so you can see the paper. You will just need a blank sheet of paper and a pencil or pen or something, and you can see this on the screen. Now, for the next few minutes, we're going to have some music playing, and you're again invited to reflect on your spiritual or your religious experience. And again, that's a, that's a broad term. That can be defined as you will. And when you have that experience in mind, write what happened under, yeah, under what happened, right? It's, yeah, what happened, right? What actually happened? And then when you get to that, move on to how you felt. And then what values might have come up for you? Don't worry about anything more. Those are the three big questions. What happened? What did you feel? What values were witnessed to? You may write, and if drawing fits you better, you may draw. There's pens, pencils, crayons, markers. You can go, go for it. And there are extra pages, so take a couple. Take your time. Sit with this. And if you get done and you want more, you can go through a second experience on another piece of paper. Or you can flip over your paper and start thinking about music or stories that might illustrate what you've experienced. TV shows. Don't narrow it down to worship appropriate stuff just yet. We'll get there. Anything that comes to mind. So do you all understand what I'm asking? Okay, good. I see some nodding. Here's what I'm going to do. If you need help, we're going to have a little study hall. If you're like, I don't know what to do, or I'm stuck, like, really? Raise your hand, I'll come over, chat for a little bit. We're going to have some music playing. I encourage you to get up, get some paper, get a pencil, and write down. So have a good study hall, and let me know if you need me to stop by your desk.
There we go. That's the first step. You've all made your dot like Vashti. You've all made a little bit with your ideas, with jotting down something, and you're ready to start fleshing out that message. Feel free to take this home. Spend some time with it. Look back on it. Put it away for a couple of days and come back. That's the best way to do it. It's like, I don't know. Just put it down. Find it again in a pile of paper. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. After that, come back here on January 28th. You see that on the very bottom, page two? Worship workshop, January 28th. There's going to be a workshop put on by the worship committee and me about putting your ideas into a service. We are a faith of the truth that you hold in your heart. That's our faith. It's all of our faiths. And this is part of that shared ministry. So no matter your age, no matter your membership status, come to the workshop and see how we might move that idea on. And even if you think, I am never, ever, ever going to share this, it's still okay to come by, see what happens, how worship goes forward. And if you're thinking, I might, I might be able to do this. Wonderful. That's great. I'm going to end our study hall time. You can keep writing, of course. Take it with you. Keep writing. I'm going to end our study hall time with a couple pieces of advice from our, from our worship committee. This is advice for you when you wish to take your truth and share it. There's some of it's printed up here. So find a mentor who will listen to your vision and ideas, not dominate or take over the service. A mentor who will help lead you through the steps of the process and the expected deadlines and technical details and who will provide encouragement and guidance. Let it be a topic that intrigues you and then work with someone. Think about how your topic is going to benefit the congregation. Is it keeping with the principles or Unitarian Universalist values? Will people leave feeling uplifted or hopeful? It's very pragmatic. Adhere to the deadlines for the orders of service, for the tech notes, Arrive early on the day of the service to prepare and prevent any unforeseen circumstances. Don't try to do the whole service by yourself. With those pieces of advice, which could be taken for all of life, not just for service preparation, I leave you. As you look to the world of how you will share your truth and your values, and also a part of our shared ministry, which we do every Sunday, but it bears reminding, is, is when we come to worship, we witness to that laughter, that joy, that sorrow, that heartache, which overflows from us into the community. It's at this time that we pause. If you have a joy, a sorrow, a heartache, a celebration, which you must share. Please come forward, introduce yourself, and let us know what that is, that matter in your heart. So we will bring this time of sharing to a close. We're going to sing uh, hymn number 391, Voice Still and Small, and the lyrics will 
uh, show up on screen here in just a second. Please pray with me again. If that term to you means listening to words, if that term to you means turning to your inner heart, if that term means nothing, then just let these words wash over you. The sun rises between two green hills. In the foreground, circles of stone and earth radiate outward from a stone center. Creative spirit, source of life and love, we give thanks for the beauty of this day and for the company of those assembled here. Thank you for the breezes of change, clearing our heads and bringing fresh ideas. May thee cleanse our minds of the oppressions and isms that divide us. Thank you for the flame of hope, the heat of righteous anger, the warmth of compassion, and the fire of commitment. May they bubble the cauldrons of transformation. Thank you for the oceans of love, rivers of connection, tears of relief, and pools of serenity. May healing waters flow over us and through us and among us, wearing down the sharp rocks of despair to bring joy in the morning. Thank you for the good earth beneath us, around us, and within us. 
May we take this clay and co-create a new realm of justice and beauty. Thank you for all these and more. We accept our gifts and commit to building, sculpting, painting, singing, and dancing them to life, to abundant life. So be it. Blessed be and amen. Our, our closing hymn, I, I told you, and I'll tell you before, like I will embody making failures often just so we can all feel comfortable and because I'm not perfect. Our closing hymn, the lyrics are not going to be on the screen. Sorry about that. So it's an easy tune and easy lyrics. Every time I feel the spirit. Number 208, you can rise in body or in spirit. You can follow in a hymnal with a friend who has a hymnal, or you can just hear the words and join in when you feel comfortable. Every time I feel the spirit. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Upon the mountain, when my God spoke, out of his mouth came fire and smoke. I looked around me and looked so fine. I asked my Lord if all this was mine. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. There ain't but one train running on this track. It runs to heaven and it runs right back. If I behave, they will let me ride. I'll have a home there when I get inside. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. I will pray. It's also different lyrics in here than Nat King Cole was singing, so you have to be on your toes theologically and musically here. It is different, yeah, it is different all over the place. Like, hold on, do I pray? I don't know. I don't know what he's singing. Ah, ah, it's okay. It's all right. We go forward from this holy space into the holy spaces in our lives living our values the best we can, treating each other with kindness, with humility, with reverence. And so even when we extinguish our chalice, we hold its flame of hope in our hearts and in our lives. Even when we extinguish our peace lamp, we hold that wish for peace, that dedication, in our hearts 
and in our minds. When we extinguish our Advent wreath, we hold the hope of this season and the peace of this season. It is traditional to leave menorah candles burning until they are out, and we have done that. I end with these closing words from a dear colleague, Victoria Safford. We already possess all the gifts we need. We've already received our presence, ears to hear music, eyes to behold lights, hands to build true peace on earth, and to hold each other tight in love. Amen and blessed be.